Goku decided to show. Sorry, I'm late. A wizard is never late. You're a slacker. You are causing a major disturbance on my time. If I don't leave now, I'll be late for being early. You're late. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. If you ain't first, you're last. Now the early show, later, with Karis and Jeremy from 1027 The Peak. Lucky, lucky levels. Lucky, lucky levels. All right. This is the early show later podcast. I'm Karis. Hey, I'm Jeremy. This is episode 141, Alpaca on the Loose. Yeah, we got, man, this show's another mountain to climb. Yeah, another level of podcast here from our early show program that's live on the radio on thepeak.fm everywhere or 102.7 F on your FM dial if you're doing it on terrestrial radio. Because it's live, that's how a lot of this show is going to come about. That's exactly it. It was us reacting to real real world events. Happening in real time. And our program is a morning show, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific uh, Daylight Time or Standard Time, whatever. Whatever it is. Pacific Time. Uh, 6 to 10 a.m. Monday to Friday. So busy uh, show this morning, and we're talking about alpacas on the loose. It's the name of the podcast today. Yep. That was quite a saga <laughs> in multiple parts. Alpaca saga is in multiple parts today. We're talking to legendary Vancouver sportscaster Scott Rintoul about the Canadian men's soccer team hopefully clinching a spot into the FIFA World Cup of Soccer, something that the Canadian men's national team hasn't done since the 80s. Yeah, wow. And even back before that, I mean, maybe this is only what the second time so, in yeah. the whole. They only did it once, team, and it was in 1986. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it will be huge if they were able to do that today. They're playing Costa Rica later on today, yeah. so we'll see what happens. Concacaf, Concacaf, just fun Qualifying. to say. Concacaf. We've also got a Nicolas Cage story. Nick Cage being Nick Cage. <laughs> He's uh, apparently quite a character, and his new movie is about him just being a character and then you know there's some fiction wrapped around it as well seagull water guns how do you control aggressive seagulls conceal carry yeah but the water guns in particular and we've got the (laughs) details on that also though we're talking about 90s bathroom decor yeah and i mean this whole this is another saga where we just started talking about Sandra Bullock, and we're going to end at the body shop. And this is how that goes. We're talking this morning. uh, Sandra Bullock needs to forgive herself for Speed 2. She said said before in interviews, but she said again recently that, you know, what is is the thing you cannot forgive yourself for? Yes, Speed 2. That's it. That's it. Just she cannot forgive herself for Speed 2. And, you know, we think that, well, that's not... You know, don't feel that down on yourself for that, Sandra. It's okay. Yeah, with enough therapy and time and work, yeah, um, you should be able to move past that. Totally. Uh, and then I said on the radio, you know, we're debate club. What is the worst Sandra Bullock movie? I just kind of offhandedly said Demolition Man, and then we got a text message. Yeah, because Demolition Man is not on our short list. It's not on our short list. It is on the list of her worst movies, but it's not the worst of the worst movies. Yeah. And so uh, the text we got was from Dax that says, Demolition Man 
was amazing, minus Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Whoa, so the movie is good and Sandra's the worst part? Uh, according to Dax. According to all right. Uh, but Dax says, that movie still makes me laugh. What was the three seashells and how did it change bathroom adventures forever? Yeah, so if I'm trying to remember, I think it's Wesley Snipes travels through time into the future and has to use the bathroom and there's just three seashells and like, Jokes, you know what? Are they yeah, exactly. Do? How, I don't think how they do ever, I use this? I think the running gag is they never explain it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean, what would you do with the three shells? <laughs> I don't know. One, like, are there three shells? One is for a different th- thing that you do in the bathroom. Yeah, you know, I'm used to the seashells in the bathroom being turned, you know, over, and then it's full of. Um, Potpourri or scented candles or something? Yes, or like in the 90s. Do you remember the seashell sinks from the 90s? Yes. Yeah, I actually, I had a moment where I thought, you know, like if if I were to ever, you know, try and find some old reclaimed pieces of stuff somewhere, you know, could I replace... Uh, a sink with a 90s seashell sink, you know, because I don't think you can buy those anymore. You know, if you guys, and I know you and your husband, Danny, are are renovating um, the East Van Homestead, you know, slowly but surely as you guys make your way through it. How about a 90s themed bathroom, period? The whole thing. Yeah. Just like, this is the 90s room. Exactly. Like right now, it's got the 1910 vibe. Actually, it's more like the 1925. We just figured out that you can put plumbing (laughs) in a house. That's our bathroom currently. But, you know, if we were to upgrade it, I'm kind of tempted to do like a would, 90s seashell vibe. The, the only problem you're going to have, your kids are going to be in high school and they're going to bring friends over to see the Heritage Vintage Museum bathroom that is your 90s themed yes. seashell bathroom. Circa 1992 with lots of shades of pink and beige. <laughs> Talking about if I were to have a 90s themed bathroom if I had the seashell sink because that is integral. A pastel pink wall. Yes. Uh, Angie texted the peak 604-280-1027 and said throw in a Patrick Nagel print. What's Patrick it? and I think it's Nagel not Nagel. I'm not last name N A G E L. Were you able to search is it like yes. it was, and then you're like oh yeah of course. Yes, exactly. Uh so uh, Patrick Nagel prints were kind of like art deco pop art prints of women in particular um, and sort of pastel-y tones and if you google Patrick Nagel you're going to be like art, oh you'll be like yes, yes of course that would work perfectly with the seashell sink alright this is actually coming together pretty good I hope Danny's not listening he's probably like barfing right now <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's oh, not no. up yet he's on spring break but <laughs> if he was He's like, stop, stop, stop with- shut her down. <laughs> stop this conversation now. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Too late. Uh- You're listening to The Early Show with Karis and Jeremy. We do go on stupid tangents quite often on the program. Uh, we began by talking about Sandra Bullock, which led us to Demolition Man, which led us to the future bathrooms with the three seashells. And now Karis and I are mapping out uh, a renovation project. She's going to theme one of her bathrooms, all 90s. Yes, and really, I w- I'm inspired by the seashell sinks. Yeah, so it's going to be a sea- seashell sink, a pastel pink uh, paint color. We're going to have a David uh, Nagel print on the wall. And now we got this text from Mims. Oh, God, Mims is, might be text of the day. We're early <laughs> in the show. Here, this is from Mims. Don't forget the body shop bath beads. Yes. And seahorse-shaped mini soaps in a dish. 
Maybe on the back of the toilet, maybe. Yep, potentially. Or maybe on the counter of the seashell sink. Or may, uh, Yeah, of course. And it would not be complete without the padded toilet seat. Oh, I'm so excited. Wow, Mims, <laughs> I could smell Karis's 90s themed bathroom. Oh, I can picture it. I can smell it. it. It smells so great, but also it's giving me a headache. Yeah, exactly. If you spend too much time in there, you will get a headache, for sure. Uh, the 90s... Have- Enjoying a resurgence, you know, this hypothetical bathroom is just one example. Uh, But you know where else we're seeing the 90s come back is in cell phones. Why? Because, well, this is interesting. I was reading an article on the BBC about a, a young gal in London, 19 years old, who felt like her smartphone was taking over her life. She was spending so much time on her smartphone. Sure. Uh, and, you know, it was pretty expensive to get a cellular package with all the data. She got a, quote, dumb phone, which is like a 1990s brick phone. Right. <laughs> dumb phone. 90s. I'm offended. <laughs> Has, you know, does, it's, a very, it's very cheap to operate. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of bells and whistles. It's mostly just a phone. And she says that she loves it. She's like, I'm, I'm not going back. And granted, this is, you know, one 19-year-old in London, no, England. I already, but, I already hate her, but whatever. But, okay. but no, but this is interesting. Um, Google searches for dumb phones jumped by 89% between 2018 and 2021. Okay, sure. I just, my problem with this uh, young woman from London, I mean, she's not my bud, so it doesn't matter. Like, I don't need to be a curmudgeon about this. But yeah. she will always phone, and she will never text, and she will never text that she's going to phone. And that's just a no from me. Well, I don't know. I'd be blocking could, her number. Could this be a trend, though? One report said that global purchases of dumb phones were due to hit 1 billion units last year, up from 400 million in 2019. Yes, yeah, so that's good. I, I understand it's a trend. I'm just saying I won't be riding that train. And if you are, we've stopped being friends. The friends of mine that phone on the phone, I'm like, what are you doing? No. But what if she can text? Because you can if text you can te- if you have yeah. a brick that can text. Yeah, right? I mean, not, yeah. so it's not truly a 90s phone. Because a 90s phone couldn't really text. Um, yeah, I guess you, they could. that could. Early 2000s early where you'd be like, t- that's right. three, 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 three. Okay, I got to any, you know. <laughs> uh, but so I don't annoying. think, uh, maybe, I mean, someone can text in if they're like, <laughs> someone can text in if 90s phones could text. Do you have a 90s phone? text us from it oh i'd love to see it um yeah so that'd be my one problem you're right exactly i think if the if the brick could be a talky telephone and also a texty telephone then maybe we're we're on to something i remember i had, maybe. One, I had one, i mean not really i had but. a bud in the 2000s who was a bit of a luddite right he was like i don't believe in technology and i'm like cool bud and then he'd be like also I'm super lonely. You guys don't invite me out to anything and I don't know what's going on. And we're like, well, bud, if you had the internet. (laughs) Speed is of the essence. I love it. I love this animal cast, Karis. Yes. I'm super into it. Balenciaga. That's New West on 1027 The Peak. You're listening to The Early Show with Carrots and Cherries. Karis and Jeremy, it's 7.38 on a beautiful Thursday morning. And on Animal Cast this morning, a story of aggressive seagulls. We know a little something about that here <laughs> on the Southwest Coast. Aggressive seagulls in Venice, Italy. Uh, apparently, there's some hotels in Venice that are, you know, guests are bothered by these seagulls who go after food, 
and anything else they see is edible. We know all about that. And apparently what the hotels have done is they are arming their guests with orange water guns to protect themselves. You check in and you get your little key fob and then they're like, you know, we do a wine welcoming every day from five to six. And here's your water gun. Yes. And your orange water gun, because apparently the color orange is off-putting to the gulls. Well, yeah, that was a <laughs> so you research all- study. Something. Yeah, and uh, and it's working. So of course it would work. You're so, shooting you know, a bird. Exactly. So <laughs> when you go downstairs in the afternoon for your gelato, you bring your orange water gun, and you sit there, and you're you know Venice. You're looking out at all the olden Venice canals, Venice-y canals and, and things, yeah. and you're having your nice little pistachio gelato. <laughs> and then a seagull comes up, being like, "I want some of that." And apparently, it's working really well. The, the uh, now they're the seagulls have learned that these horrific orange water guns mean they're going to get sprayed. And so, as soon as the hotel guests even brandish them, they pull them out of their coats and purses. Oh wow! So the color is helping. Yeah. To- Exactly. So as soon as they even just lift them up to aim and fire the water at the seagulls, the seagulls are like, and they fly away. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, we could try that here in Vancouver, I suppose, with the crows. But here's the problem. Crows are smart. Yes. They carry knives here. Yes. You'd be bringing a water gun to a crow knife fight. I No, I think you're right. It would. This would not work against crows. It would, they're too smart. Absolutely. And the Vancouver ones are street smart, which but is even more hardcore. I think on Vancouver Island, because that's where the aggressive seagulls are in Vancouver. I mean, a large number of them. Uh, at the market, when, you know, they should have a little station sort of out by the, you know, where you go and sit outside there. At Vancouver yeah, Island, yeah. outside the market, you have your French fries. You have your French fries, you vape your cannabis. It's a Victoria, I guess. And it. then you have your orange water gun. You know, there, there could be like a bucket of them by the door. <laughs> As you leave the market with your French fries, you pick up your orange water gun and you go and you sit down. And then you get just get ready to defend your meal. And yes. I think if people started doing that, you know, like it's happening in Venice, the seagulls will get trained and they'll realize, oh, dear. It's like the BC version of the stand your ground laws. <laughs> we are, are conceal and carry guys. water guns. Yes. British Columbia. Okay, so here's what's up, you guys. Uh, we know that Nicolas Cage is going to be in a new uh, movie, uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Nicolas Cage is Nick Cage in a movie about Nicolas Cage. And I remember I, reading about that, yeah. uh, like, last year sometime. So it's coming out now. He's doing the media rounds. Okay. Right? He's going around talking about things. Um, and, and now I know a little bit more about the movie. So Nicolas Cage is playing a cash-strapped Nicolas Cage, not far from real life. A super fan of it, like a billionaire super fan of Nick Cage is like, I'll pay you a million dollars to come to my birthday party and hang out. And he's like, yeah, that's easy money. Turns out he, this guy, this billionaire is like a bad person. And the FBI is like, Nicholas Cage, we need you to be an informant. <laughs> it sounds like a pretty so like, good I'm, premise. I'm actually like, actually, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, if it's well done, eh, it could that, be that actually could be pretty funny. Yeah, and and fun. Uh, like the poster is out of control. Like it's it's so dumb. So he's going around. He's doing the thing. And he's like, people are like, well, Nick Cage, like you're not strapped for cash. Like you don't need a million dollars to go to a party. And he's like, well, kind of. And there are stories about how at one time he was worth 150 million dollars and is not anymore. 
I wonder what he was spending his money on. Well, I'm glad you asked, Karis. <laughs> oh, tell me, please. There are many things. There is a, um, a CNBC uh, series called The Secret Lives of the Super Rich. They document many of Cage's past um, purchases. Not all of them worked out. Um, it is... Uh, it was rumored on the internet, and he has had to debunk this, that he spent $150 million on a single dinosaur skull. He's like, no, I did buy a dinosaur skull. <laughs> it was valued at like um, $276,000. Calm down. His total value at the height of his power, he was worth $150 million. He didn't spend it on a dinosaur head. That'd be stupid. He spent it on instead, let's go through, $150,000 on a pet octopus. $150,000? Yeah, like you can scoop them out of the ocean here, dude, and you shouldn't because they're smart like cats. Yeah, well, like, what are you doing with a pet octopus? And, and the, the, what? And that's, it just goes to show how dumb he is at investing. He spends $150,000 on a pet octopus. They're smart like cats. They're the raccoons of the sea. They just climb out of the cage and go back to the ocean. $150,000. This, this is what I would spend my money on, so I'm not going to make fun of them too bad. This is why I'm not allowed to win the lottery, because I'd buy all this stuff. $150,000 on the first Superman comic. <laughs> That's an investment. Yeah. So, But whatever, I don't think that worked out for me. I mean, at least the Superman comic won't crawl back to the... Comic book factory. Um, I think this is a problematic purchase that we wouldn't make in the in these days. No better be better, but an ancient shrunken pygmy head. No cash value attached to that. All right. $450,000 on the former Shah of Iran's Lamborghini. That's an expensive car. That's an expensive car, but we've talked about expensive cars. Three, $3 million on a deserted island near the Bahamas. Who wouldn't? $12 million plus, like, that's an estimate. It could have been more on two European castles. The list continues. What? And it ends at $276,000 for a dinosaur skull. But here's the thing on the dinosaur skull. He had to give it back. He bought it from a shady auction. The Mongolian government, where it came from, was like, hey, man, you should give that back. It was uh, illegitimately... Obtained. Obtained. Nicholas Cage, not, he's not a supervillain and is like, okay. But the auction house has still not paid him back. Now, normally I'd just be like, Nicholas Cage, take a wash on that. But it sounds like he's like, no, I actually need that check. Whoa. Weird, right? That's really weird. It's I mean, it, it's very strange that, um, that you know... Those are the items that Nick Cage decided to spend his money on. Just some, just some, (laughs) just some. But it's just like he gets, like he buys ridiculous things and then gets burned on it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Poor dude. I'll go see the movie. I'll give him twelve (laughs) dollars. Exclusive prizes and pre-sales. Peak traffic. Talking, uh, yep, talking on the program today about the Sandra Bullock movies. We get, we got going about um, all about Steve. Julia texts into the show. And Julia says, all about Steve, stalking is not romantic. But if you watch Premonition go all the way to the post-credit bloopers, totally worth it. How do you go into that elevator pitch meeting, you know, to the executives <laughs> in Hollywood being like, look, I need $80 million. I've got Sandra Bullock stalking Bradley Cooper. 
Romantic comedy. Laughs. Ha <laughs> ha. Fun. <laughs> Bro in his suit and finishes snorting his cocaine. like, let me get out my checkbook. And apparently the best part of Premonition is at the very end after the movie. The, the parts stuff, they didn't put the in. Stuff they didn't put in. God. Thank you for that, Julia. That's awesome. Thanks. 281027 if you want to be a part of this show. We love it. Uh, Alex, it's traffic. Sorry, let's do traffic. Let's now. do traffic. Traffic. Uh, okay, <laughs> Alex Fraser Bridge stalled northbound in the mid span of the right lane. Abbotsford, we got a um, stall. Highway 1 eastbound before McCallum in the right lane. Tow trucks on the scene. South Surrey, we got a loose. Stop, stop. What's loose? What's loose on the what? We've got an alpaca on the loose. No. What? 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 <gasps> this is. This is what live radio lives for. Where's the global or CTV helicopter right now? It, sh- it should be going and helping to find that Stop, alpaca. Stop, I'm going on. The- we got to find this. There's yeah. a loose alpaca. Highway 99 northbound north of 8th Avenue. Police, oh, police on are the scene. on the scene. Okay, well, s- well, forget about securing your load. Well, Secure your alpaca. We know what we're talking about for the next hour on the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you can safely tell us what's happening this around is- Highway 99 northbound. Northbound north of 8th Avenue. Please text us. We need to, an update. This is, we need live updates. This is morning zoo Christmas content. Are you kidding me? I see this happen in other towns. I'm so jealous of those broadcasters. And it gets to happen to us today. <sighs> oh, I hope there's some reporter that's going out and helping chase oh the alpaca. Oh, my God. Are you... God, and send then, them now. And then inserting themselves into the story. City hope, News, please, get out there. Please do it. Please. Sorry, I got to collect myself. Calm down. I got to collect myself. You need to do the tag now. <sighs> got to do the tag now. Traffic. You guys were moments away from playing the triple PQ, the Peak Pen Pop Quiz. Uh, your chance to win the ultra rare, ultra desirable Peak Pen. So you too can write like a champion. Uh, and then we'll just throw in some tickets to check out Alt-J in Portugal. The man, we got to blow these things out. We can't keep them. No, no. Once the show happens on March 30th on... Uh, March 31st or 31. Yeah. Uh, they're valueless to us. <laughs> exactly. We need to give them away today. So we'll do that on the other side of traffic. All right. Taking a look at traffic. Apparently, the alpaca that was roaming free is no longer roaming free. So Garbage! that was very short lived. I thought that would be a long I chase. I thought that was the whole hour for I know. Us. I we thought that would be really exciting to watch that in real time. But I guess maybe they've secured the alpaca. Six so. o'clock news. I'm going to check out my man, Andrew Johnson, and the new uh, anchor on uh, CTV. And I'm going to be like, hey, Andrew, give me the news. Yep, tell us about that. So, good morning, you guys. You're listening to the early show with Karis and Jeremy. Uh, we were talking earlier about this llama on the loose in uh, South Surrey. And uh, now the phone is ringing. 280-1027. Please be about the llama. Please be about the llama. Please, 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 please. Hey, I'm calling about the loose alpaca. Yes, please tell me about the loose alpaca. That's right. It wasn't a llama. It was an alpaca. Oh, wait, sorry, alpaca. Yeah. Yeah, it was totally on the side of the road. We we merged onto the highway, and there's a cop car there, and a black alpaca just right outside the fence where it belongs. What's the, is the alpaca black and white? All black. All black. Okay, because I got uh, some reports here as well. Uh, let me read it here. Is it a black with, white, with, with a tuft of white on its neck? The Padre could be a famous alpaca from Surrey. Oh, I see. We did. kids. Did you see white on it? Uh, no, no. All right. Okay. According to the kids in the car, no white no. tuft was not. No white tuft was not the world famous white. padre. All the right. alpaca from it Surrey. Was, 
it was very anticlimactic. It was just really standing there chewing some grass. <laughs> we're imagining, in our minds, we're imagining an alpaca just racing and people oh, chasing it. Trust me, merging onto the highway to a loose alpaca is pretty exciting. That is, yeah. I mean, if if I had been in in, my, in the car with my kids, it would have been pretty. We'd be like, hey, everybody, look at alpaca just munching grass on the side of Highway 99. That's where it was, right? Highway 99. Yeah, the very first on ramp. Yeah, so like those animals are native to what, like Peru or something? Like they live in yeah. the Andes. To see one in South Surrey would be, you know, well, a morning a farm commute. There. There's a there's a farm right on the side of the highway. They have a, a bunch of them. Yeah, and that one apparently just got out because the grass on the other side of the fence far longer and much tastier. Yes, the grass on the other side is always, always better greener. on the other side. Exactly, it is always greener. What's yeah. your name? Carolyn. Carolyn. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. <laughs> Hope you and uh, your crew have a great day. I'm sure we will. Thanks, guys. We're done, bud. We're done. That's it, dude. What is a saga, man? The alpaca was a saga. Oh, it was. I'm very glad to hear that I'm pretty sure the alpaca is safe and sound. That's good. I felt like our, you know, I could see our journalism award and then it was snatched from us. I know it was just taken. It was just taken right from us. Before we could really sink our teeth into that story. Yeah, that was going to be something special. But that's okay. You know what? There were some people who did see the alpaca at the side of the highway and that's just kind of fun, you know. That was important. I was going to leave the show today like, am I crazy? Did I imagine it? And then to have Carolyn call in. And confirm. Confirm. And then really we, like just bring my mind to, to ease. We also got a text from somebody who lives in that area and said, yeah, there is a farm right there with a bunch of alpacas. Yeah, that's, so, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's good. Everybody's safe. And that's really the good news ending that we were looking for. So right. good stuff. Uh, if you have an alpaca story or maybe you have an idea for like 90s bathroom decor, Feel free. Oh, yes, we need some more. We need. We definitely need like one more good, good one. Yes, we're going to talk about it tomorrow. On the debate club, we think, right? Yeah, I think so. Let's. I think we should do that. So, if you have a '90s bathroom decor idea, something that would really anchor the style of a '90s bathroom, tweet at us at Jeremy underscore Baker at Karis C H A R I S Hog H O G G. We would love to hear from you, yeah. and also you will win the cucumber-flavored Lay's chips and or chicken tomato flavor. It's up to you. Choice is yours. Yeah. Dealer's choice. Uh, and then the beauty, uh, you know, just send us something that, like, has both Karis and I being like, oh, yes. Like, I'm I'm in this bathroom. I'm in a house party in the 90s, um, and I'm there. Send us that. Like, you know, when, uh, what was it? Mitzi? Mims? Mimsy. Oh, yeah, Mims. When Mims sent us like the body shop soaps, yes, in the shape of the horse, the seahorse, that punched me in the nostalgia. Yes, you know what I mean. I like, got, I got, I felt I just it right in my gut. Immediately knew what she was talking about. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. So something like that. If you got that in you, send it to us because we need, we need one more good one for tomorrow. Yeah. So you're a cool person if you do that. All right, I guess we're done. Because that's man, it. I'm have a nap. Yeah, we we gotta go. So uh, you wild day take today. care of you, and uh, we'll be back with episode 142 tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Nothing can kill the grimace. All right, we're done here.